Welcome back to another episode of Mormon Traditionalist Podcast. My name is Jaron O'Driscoll, and I am your host. Glad to have you back, folks. Today, I'm going to address an issue that a lot of people have been freaking out about the last few months, which is the first presidency message that uh, went out on August 12th about COVID-19. I've had several people asking me what I think about this lately, so I'm going to just address it here. This letter has seemingly become a point of faith crisis for those of us that the media call vaccine hesitant, and a declaration of doctrine from those who adhere entirely to mainstream government and health officials. I'm telling you folks that neither of those outlooks is warranted, okay? But before we get into it, remember to leave a rating and review wherever you're listening to this podcast, guys. It will help out a great, great deal um, to getting this out in front of more people that want to hear this message. So please take two minutes of your time and do that for me. I would really appreciate it. All right, let me say up front that President Nelson is the chosen mouthpiece for the Lord. We should never take what he and the First Presidency say lightly. I fully sustain both the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve, and I have chosen for me and my family through serious research, prayer, and personal revelation that the vaccine is not for us. Now, mine or your medical decisions are no one else's business. I'm choosing to share mine publicly to help you guys understand how this is not a difficult thing to reconcile, okay? But if anyone asks you if you're vaccinated, you can politely tell them that your medical information is private and not something you want to disclose, period. So this is the concept you need to wrap your heads around, folks, and that concept is of a false dichotomy. A good example of a false dichotomy is the the BS dichotomy between science and religion. The world would have you believe that they are opposing beliefs and therefore a dichotomy. Since true science actually affirms our faith, then that makes this a false dichotomy, understand? This is a tool that Satan uses with great effect in the political realm. Now that you understand that, you need to understand another false dichotomy, and that is this. Being able to disagree with something a church official says, including the prophet, and being disobedient to God, the gospel, or your priesthood, or even being apostate. Now, before I go any further, I'm just going to read the entire letter to you for reference. Okay, here goes. Dear brothers and sisters, we find ourselves fighting a war against the ravages of COVID-19 and its variants, an unrelenting pandemic. We want to do all we can to limit the spread of these viruses. We know that protection from the diseases they cause can only be achieved by immunizing a very high percentage of the population. To limit exposure to these viruses, we urge the use of face masks in public meetings whenever social distancing is not possible. To provide personal protection from such severe infections, we urge individuals to be vaccinated. Available vaccines have proven to be both safe and effective. We can win this war if everyone will follow the wise and thoughtful recommendations of medical experts and government leaders. Please know of our sincere love and great concern for all of God's children. The First Presidency, Russell M. Nelson, Dallin H. Oaks, Henry B. Eyring. Pay attention to who signed off on it there. A rumor started going around when this first was released that this didn't come from the First Presidency, but from the Church Administrative Department. That's not true, you guys. I called and talked to the Church PR Department and confirmed that. They said if it's signed by the First Presidency, then it comes from the First Presidency, obviously. But there's no need to run and hide from that fact, you guys. There's just not. Take a deep breath for a minute, okay? Let's put this thing into context here. I can't reiterate enough that you've got to find the context. Here's a statement the First Presidency also made about members getting vaccinated. Quote, individuals are responsible to make their own decisions about vaccination. In making that determination, we recommend that where possible, they counsel with a competent medical professional about their personal circumstances and needs. What do we talk about on this show all the time, folks? Personal responsibility. Now, I will never criticize anyone for getting vaccinated, and you shouldn't either. Just like your medical decisions are no one else's business, someone else's medical decision is none of your business. Got it? 
you do you. And going along with that, there are people who can't get the vaccine. Whether you like it or not, vaccine injuries are a real thing. Just like we have the special FISA court, we have a special court for vaccine injury cases, okay? It's a real thing. You might have heard of a young woman by the name of Olivia Sandor. She was in the news recently. Olivia got a flu shot back in 2019 that gave her GBS. This is a genuine vaccine injury case and not self-diagnosed either. Her doctor linked it to the vaccine. Now, Olivia was a student at BYU-Hawaii where they mandated the COVID vaccine for all students, but not for staff. It was optional for them. Makes perfect sense, right? So Olivia talks to her doctor, and her doctor says that if you get any vaccine, basically, that you could relapse with your GBS. GBS, folks, is a disease that left Olivia paralyzed from the waist down for a month, and taking another vaccine could kill her. But BYU-Hawaii rejected her exemption from her doctor, and the dean rejected her appeal personally, even though BYU-Hawaii says that they allow qualified medical exemptions. Guess this wasn't qualified. She had to leave BYU-Hawaii and lost 200 grand of scholarships because of it. But I digress. The point is that some people can't get the vaccine. Andy Frisella with The Real AF Podcast is a man I ad- uh, admire very much, and he has a serious heart condition that prevents him from getting it. He's talked to his doctor about this, too. Now, I didn't really want to talk about this because, again, my medical history is no one's business. But to help people understand, I'll tell you that there are a few medical reasons why I fall into this category as well. But my son, I'm the most worried about getting this vaccine, or any other for that matter, because he has a soy allergy. And for my research, soy is a potential ingredient in a lot of vaccines. We can't know for sure because the ingredients list is so freaking secretive, but the point is that some people have legitimate reasons to not get vaccinated, people. Some people have legitimate reasons to get vaccinated. My grandma is a high-risk case. My dad has diabetes, which is one of the top comorbidities for COVID deaths. I'm glad they chose to get the vaccine. Now, does it bother me what the First Presidency said in this letter, considering my situation and the situation of others? Absolutely not. They are not commanding that every member get the jab. It's not even approved for children under 12, so that's obviously not the case. Notice they say that we urge, not command, individuals to be vaccinated. They aren't addressing the church membership as a whole. They are addressing you as an individual. Remember, they said that you should also consult a competent medical professional about your personal scenario. It all comes down to a risk-reward analysis, folks. You individually need to do your own research, talk to your doctor, study it out in your mind, and prayerfully seek personal revelation for you and your family. I talked about this in episode 9 and 11. Go back and listen. And to those of you who are being militant about this, you need to knock it off. This is not a commandment. It is not doctrine. Your temple worthiness and ability to partake of the sacrament does not hinge on your vaccination status. And this is not the freaking brass serpent. By that logic, anyone who has a pre-existing medical condition that can't take the vaccine is automatically considered wicked. That's contrary to the law of God, people. Stop spinning these half-baked narratives. And don't fall into the trap that our wonderful Utah Governor Cox laid out, where he basically listed all the possible authorities, including the First Presidency, the Pope, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, and said to just do what they say without bothering to understand the details for yourself. We need to get that guy voted out this next election and get Greg Hughes in the governor's seat badly, but I digress. But for those of you following this train of thought, remember, that was Satan's logic in the war in heaven. Blindly follow my authoritarian lead because that's what's best for everyone. Joseph Smith rebuked members that were following him just because it was him saying it and not because they understood the reasoning of it. Brigham Young said those who do this have no chance of making it to the celestial kingdom, which makes perfect sense. How can God expect you to be the leader of your own worlds if you're just a freaking follower? So, the question now is why? Why did the church release this letter? That's a pretty simple answer. People are dying, both from the virus and the lockdowns. 
Suicides and mental health are in a bad place right now because people have been prevented from worshiping. People on the other side of the veil can't get their ordinances done when temples are shut down. Prospective converts can't hear the gospel when missionary service is suspended. And the church is under tremendous global pressure to save people's lives. Now, I hear people suggest that the church is being manipulated or capitulating or being strategic. And whether any of those are the case or some other explanation, I don't know. And I'm not going to speculate on it. It would be incredibly irresponsible of me to do so. And for the record, you will never hear me say that the prophet or apostles are involved in malicious activities or that they are attempting to remove anyone's agency or anything like that. If that's what you're looking for, then you're barking up the wrong tree. If you have a problem with something the prophet or a member of the uh, Quorum of the Twelve say, then you better be dang careful about condemning or speaking out against them. You better have a deep understanding of the gospel and the context surrounding the situation, and you better be seeking personal revelation about the issue through serious prayer and even fasting. And then remember that personal revelation is personal, and that's not a revelation for you to project onto anyone else. I promise that the truth about any doubt or question you have is faith-building, not degrading. I know in my heart that the church is true. President Nelson is the chosen prophet, and I sustain and support him, the First Presidency, and the Quorum of the Twelve. We have an opportunity right now, folks, that we need to see and take advantage of as traditionalists. We are in the heart of the refiner's fire right now. The wheat is being separated from the tares, and we have the choice and the chance to prove ourselves as true members. Progressives have fallen off the wagon for much less of a faith crisis issue, and now, I believe, those of us who have held on through the tough questions and come out stronger on the other side are being further tested. John DeLynn wanted to do an entire week of interviewing church members who are struggling with this very issue, people who are considering pushing back against church leadership for the first time in their life. The largest anti-Mormon podcast has picked up on this faith crisis in our ranks. They are aware, which means you know that the adversary is aware. You have an opportunity here to show that you are emotionally and spiritually intelligent and mature enough to see the truth of this situation with all of the context that the progressives and the antis omit and see how this is all faith building and affirming. You have a chance here to prove who you are, to prove that in the war in heaven that you were a warrior for agency and accountability, that you were one of God's elite, that because you fought that battle in the pre-earth realm, that he preserved you, you for this time, the last days, to fight against Satan and his legions as you did in the life before. You have a chance to prove to yourself, to the church, and to God that you are continuing that fight in this day and that he chose you for this. Not because of cultural expediency or because of how you were raised, but because you can feel it in your bones. Because it's in every fiber of your being and because you can't be any other way. Because it's who you are in your heart and soul to defend our agency, to defend the truth, and to defend our prophet when the adversary is setting his pits and his snares. He's doing that now with this very issue. And you have the chance and the choice to stand up, not be silent, and prove who you are. Stand by the prophet. Stand by the First Presidency and exercise your agency through the gift of personal revelation and personal accountability that you fought for in the past. That's it for this episode, guys. Remember to send your questions, comments, and hate mail to mormontraditionalist at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at mormontraditionalist for additional content. And until the next episode, remember, never back down from the truth. 